This is She Sparks Tech, a podcast about women who take technology to heart in their careers. We will explore stories about women who think creatively, find new directions, solve problems, and chase passions, all through technology. I'm your host, Casey Bertelsman, and I'm excited about showcasing amazing women in their careers, from dreams to the unexpected, in hopes of inspiring each of us to think bigger. In this episode, I'm speaking with Madison Mackley. She currently works on her family's farm in Kansas and as the farm director for a local radio station. She has helped her family implement more technology to improve their farming efficiency. I caught her on a day during harvest, so you'll hear a little bit of noise in the background. She was driving one of the combines in the fields. So let's get going. Madison, can you give me a rundown of what your current position is and what kind of brought you to where you are now? Yes, so I um, I currently have two full-time jobs. Um, so my first one is I farm full-time with my family where we are currently um, in the middle of fall harvest. We're picking corn. Um, and so with that, I do a lot of like agronomy work in the summertime, looking at fields and um, just basically keeping track of how things look and inputting a lot of our data that we get during planting and harvest so that we can look back on it. And um, my second job that I have is I am the farm director for the Kansas Farm and Ranch Radio Network. And um, with that, I am on the radio, kind of just going over farm news working for family. Do you like working for family? Yeah, I like it. Um, it comes with its own set of challenges. I found mainly communication-wise, but other than that, it is, it's really nice to work with family. Um, I like being able to still be able to get out and use my degree. My degree is in agronomy, and so I like that I'm able to get out and use it and then know that it's um, effective and that we're getting something back out of it. So with the job on the farm, working the family farm, um, what kind of technology do you see yourself using in your day-to-day? Yeah, so that really depends on time of year. Right now, we're using probably the most technology that we do. Uh, and I've kind of been able to help get everyone on track with that we use John Deere's um, operation center so they're John Deere op centers what they call it and um, with that it's actually this box we've got here in the corner it keeps track of our planting data our harvest data Um, we use the GPS so it keeps track of our GPS lines and um, anything we go in if we do any like chemical applications it's 
one of the biggest thing that the um, John Deere software offers is that you're able to create maps of your fields and know different stages you're at and um, keep track of the process electronically. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, so when we go in and we use our boxes during planting, we are able to put in our, um, it keeps track of our planting rate, um, our planting population, what hybrid we're using, um, even planting speed, it keeps track of everything. So that way if anything goes wrong, um, fertilizer rates keep like everything is there. So you can always go back and double check and see just exactly what happened. If you've got um, like a hybrid that didn't perform as well, it's nice to be able to go back and double check and see what that one was and maybe we won't use that next year um, and then we can actually overlap the map on planting versus harvest data so say half of our field was planted to one variety and the other half was planted to a different variety we're able to kind of go back overlap the maps and see exactly which hybrid did better than the other one so it's very effective in tracking efficiency. Um, yes. It's not something that I would have expected. <laughs> so it's, it's actually really cool. But I, um, I grew up in the city, so I didn't have as much exposure to farming, which I would say is a lot of people. And uh, learning about that and understanding all the pieces that go into it and how it's more than just like tractor driving down the street when you pass one. <laughs> yeah, and even more so now, there's so much, um, there's so much more technology than even when I started um, really helping out. And I started driving the green car, it would have been probably my freshman, sophomore year of high school. And by the time I was even driving the combines, I wasn't really utilizing any like the GPS. We were literally just driving it. And then the last several years, we've really picked up on the GPS. And it's just been really nice because you can work longer hours and it's not so strenuous. Like it's, it does make it more effective. It's more costly up front, um, but we've really found that it is so beneficial um, with 
our time management and how effective we are because we're able to work more hours and more acres in a day without feeling so run down because it just takes that one little piece of guesswork out where you're not trying to see if you're on uh, on the right track as long as you've got everything lined up it it takes a lot of the guesswork out for us that's um that's really great to hear that you're able to increase without feeling just the pressure of it and can start that growth without I guess over committing by having yeah. extra time you said that fairly recently um, you guys have started using the technology um, more heavily in the day-to-day -day. Uh, would you say that you guys are um, fairly open to introducing technology like you did here when it's efficient for you and um, what kind of decision process do you typically see for that? Yeah, a lot of it, if it's going to make our jobs just that much easier, it's, it's almost worth it to go ahead and start something new. Um, there's always a learning curve whenever you start any new technology and our um, precision ag uh, gal there in Colby she is phenomenal I I have her literally in my favorites and my contacts I text her and she just replies almost immediately helps us out with anything that we need but a lot of it is if an older generation farmer can figure it out then they're almost more likely to go for it, I think I've come to find out, than younger generation. I think the younger generation is still kind of in the mindset of like, I'm young, I can do this, I don't need this. Like I have, I still have to like prove myself. Whereas like my dad and my uncle are a little apprehensive at first and then I show them how to use things. And it's so nice having everything kind of just in the palm of your hand. Um, Cause with our, John Deere equipment, we've actually got it set up so there's an app that you can pull up on your phone and you get logged into like our account and you can see exactly where the combine and the tractors and everything are as they're going and you can just kind of see the progress that they're making, uh, which is really nice for me because I am supposed to pull these to work at the radio in the morning and I come here in the afternoon, so if they move fields, I don't have to call and try to figure out where they've gone. I can pull it up on my phone and it gives us directions, uh, lets us know where everything is, how it's going. Um, I even found out one day that if you've got an error code popping up in one of your boxes in the machine, it'll send a notification to your app. And so um, that's really beneficial because then I know that if I'm logged in, I'm getting that notification, but so are my dad and my uncle who might be more inclined to actually know what it means is to come and help me fix it. Because um, if it's mechanical, I I don't know how to fix that, but if it's anything on the technology side, that's usually something that I can fix a little bit faster. Yeah. So have you been mostly responsible for training and implementing on this side, or has it been, um, would you say, a group of people? Yeah, so a lot of it has been me. Um, two of my other cousins have also been really good about trying to stay up to date on how the boxes work, how we can um, just continue to use them more efficiently, what what all they actually do. Because I know that they can do a lot that even we're not utilizing yet. Um, so it's kind of just been 
a process of seeing how we can benefit from using them. But a lot of it uh, has been primarily me just showing the family how it works, how to get logged in, and if they've got a question, they can usually call um, and I can get them up and running. Because like we were spraying this spring, and the same thing, our sprayers are hooked up to the same box unit, and they weren't, uh, they didn't have the correct guidance line. And I was actually on my way out of town, and I pulled it up on my phone. I was able to send them their new lines, and all they had to do was accept them, and they were good to go. So that's just been uh, really nice that while I'd like for them to know how to do it, it's nice that at least one person does. So if something goes wrong, we know we can fix it. Yeah. Start with one person and increase as abilities increase. So you said you don't typically use field view anymore. Does um, the John Deere program allow you to still do the same kind of data collection that field view does? Yes, it does. So what we used to do was we had our John Deere boxes hooked up um, on the field that we were on and then we would have field view on the iPad also hooked up ready to go. And I just found out recently before um, gosh, just a couple days ago, actually, that you can link John Deere and FieldView together and just use John Deere's data, but still be able to get the aerial imagery from FieldView if you choose to. Um, so that's how I would just went to one. They both give us our planting data. They both give us our harvest data. I can go in um, over the summer if I'm looking at a field, and if I see something way out of the ordinary. I can drop a pin where I'm at. I can make a note. I can input a picture. So that way everybody else can see what I'm seeing as I'm in the middle of a field in mid-June, early July. And it's just nice to always have that visual and not have to look back at all my pictures and wonder, okay, what field was this in uh, compared to this one? So um, FieldView and John Deere both allow us to do it. So it was kind of just a process of elimination of which one are we going to and where our GPS is up to the John Deere boxes, it just made more sense for us John Deere as opposed to um, the field view. Yeah, streamline it. Yeah. You said that you've often used field view to get aerial views. Um, are you still using that? And because John Deere doesn't offer that with this pro with their program. Yeah, currently, um, as far as I'm they might be working on it, I don't know, but as far as I know, they do not have the aerial imagery for like crop health, field health um, as of right now. And I know that FieldView does, they've got like the satellite imagery. So if that was something that farmers are definitely interested in, I would recommend the FieldView. But um, like I said, we, I haven't really ever used it. I always just go look at the field in person. So, and then I actually, I also have a drone, so if I do ever feel the need of it, um, and the crop is above the height where you can drive uh, in the field, I would just take the drone over and just fly over myself, and I feel like that gives a, a really good picture because you can get low to the crop and still be able to see the soil 
as opposed to some of the aerial images, where, aerial images where it looks like the field is healthy and everything's green, but you could have a like a an infection where it looks really healthy, the, the crop is doing really good, but it could just be a bundle of wheat. Because uh, all it's looking for is green foliage for the most part, as opposed to specific crops. So you could just be looking at a really healthy field of wheat and think that you're looking at a healthy field of corn. So okay. just being able to go back in and uh, identify which one is which. And like I said, I use uh, my drone more for uh, kind of just overview uh, than anything else right now. So do you find yourself using your drone often and that it's effective? Yes. Um, it's actually being sent in right now to be fixed. I'm having a problem with the propeller. But uh, before, yeah, it was always really nice. It's hard, though, because in western Kansas, you run into wind almost every day. So as long as it was a nice calm day, I could use it. And so I would always just try I quickly go through on nice days and make sure I was getting the, the pictures that I needed when I could. Because um, if it gets over like 15 miles an hour of wind, which isn't hard to do, uh, the drones just, it won't, it won't fly. They have landed it manually on me before. <laughs> wind speed was too high and it returned to home and it landed and I said, okay, well, at least you didn't land in the middle of the field. I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, are you taking pictures just at different periods of all the fields to see how healthy everything is and what the progress is? Yeah, so I do that a lot. Um, I text the pictures to my dad and my uncle, if I, especially if I see something a little abnormal, um, just so they're aware of it. Usually they're like, oh yeah, that soil quality is Da, 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 and they're like they're aware of it and I was like okay as long as we're on the same then there's sometimes that they are like no like that's that's weird that shouldn't be happening um so we'll go take a closer look um I didn't have to send in any tissue samples this year uh, or soil samples so that was nice it was also exceptionally dry so I know a lot of our problems were drought related as opposed to any type of like disease uh, this year yeah, do you keep records of anything you find to reference later, or it's just for the, the season? Yeah, so I try to keep, um, in our Google Docs especially, a good running kind of total of fields that I've looked at, anything I saw that was abnormal, things that were good, especially during, um, like I said, this summer where it was really hot and dry, if we had any fields that just looked like they were doing really good, I made sure to note that. Um, one, just so we can go double check rainfall in that area, but two, so we can keep track of the hybrid selection and see which ones may be a little more drought tolerant in our area and look at that again for next year. Yeah, this makes perfect sense. Um, so what would you like people to understand about technology and agriculture? That there is a lot more to it than I think people realize or even begin to realize. Um, a lot of what we do isn't, like you said, 
where we don't just hop in the seat, we don't go. There's a lot more planning that goes into it um, that even I really wasn't aware of until I kind of got to school and started to learn more about it and talk to other people and see kind of what their operations did. But um, there is a lot of tracking, there's a lot of data trends that not only farmers, but I would say like ranchers and livestock producers use too, because we keep track of our calving data. We have a cow-calf operation as well. And so if we've got one cow that's been opened, um, not pregnant for the last two seasons, then there's a good chance that she's gonna go to the sale because there's, there's another good chance that if we try to breed her out next year, she won't, uh, she won't have a calf again. And I know that sounds bad, but it's just, it's not economical. She could be beneficial somewhere else. Um, so she usually, that's another thing that we try to keep really good track of is definitely um, trends that we see. If we see a hybrid that's just not performing um, one year or even up to two years, we definitely try to avoid planting that in the future. Um, if we see fertilizers that we've tried that work really well for us, then um, we utilize those as well. So I think that's something that people don't think about. And I think they just, I really think a lot of it is some people might still have the, the thought of the farmers and the open cab straw hats pictures that you see on all the children's books because that's that's how it's promoted and there's a lot more that goes into it um, and it's it's not hard it's just it's a lot that goes into it like my grandpa he's right here um in the green car next to me he will turn 82 in january and he's still able to get out here and and learn and adapt as we go through because i know that what we are doing now is, is not how he started farming at all um, so I love to see how farmers are able to adapt and continue to grow, not only in technology, but just their operations as a whole. Yeah, increase profitability and create something that you can pass through your generations. In this episode, I'm speaking with Madison Mackley. She currently works on her family's farm in Kansas and as the farm director for a local radio station. She has helped her family implement more technology to improve their farming efficiency. I caught her on a day during harvest, so you'll hear a little bit of noise in the background. She was driving one of the combines in the fields. So let's get going. So when I asked you to join me as a guest on a podcast talking about women using technology, um, what was your impression? Uh, I was very flattered. Um, I I think we get looked over a lot. Um, and I know, like, my mom grew up, like, when I was growing up, my mom was a stay-at-home mom. She would make the meals for the guys during harvest. And... Uh, I know she loved it. So she loved being a stay-at-home mom. She loved taking care of us. That was her dream. And I think that is still a lot of people's thought processes when they think of not even just women in agriculture, but just women in society. It's still the 1950s in their head where they're not the, they're not the front runners for doing a lot of things. Um, so being asked to come on here was really cool that 
but someone that you took notice in what we're doing every day. I know it's not just me. I follow a lot of women on Instagram who are running the green cart. They are running their whole operations. They're in the combine. They're doing everything. So I thought it was really cool. I'm glad. Yeah, I think, you know, just all of us sharing a little bit of our story makes the picture bigger and gives new generations a different way of looking at opportunities. Yeah, I would agree with that. Growing up, I, I never really experienced the whole, you're a girl, you can't do that. It was always kind of like, a, hey, I want to do that. And dad was like, okay, we'll show you how. It wasn't ever like a, no, that's for your brothers. So uh, just hearing some other people's stories too about how they've really had to overcome that and show that they can do it is really inspiring, like honestly. Yeah. Um, so from this point on, how do you picture your career growing? That is an excellent question. I I have no idea. Um, I picked up the radio gig. They reached out to me this, um, this summer. They were like, hey, we noticed that you you know what you're talking about and you, you already share on Instagram all the time. Like, why don't you come do this for us? When the past farm director left, I was like, no, I kind of like what I'm doing now. And they're like, why don't you do both? Like, well, you'll work around hours. Like, we'll be willing to do that. That's great. Um, so I would love to stay in a career that still lets me be on a farm somewhere firsthand while also being able to share not only what we're doing, but what other people are doing as well. Because our, our operation doesn't speak for everyone. Um, and I think that's something that really needs to be emphasized is it doesn't matter if you're a large operation, small operation, if you're if you're crops, if you're livestock, if you're a vegetable. Um, I follow a lady on Instagram and they are cranberry farmers and I think that is the coolest thing. I love watching that because that's not something that we experience. Um, so whether you're that, you're, you're in the dairy industry, just anything. I, I really think that just sharing everyone's story and kind of getting um, what agriculture really is outside of just the media's standpoint of it or the, the mom bloggers or anyone who just it just doesn't fully understand it because they don't see it. I want to share kind of what we're doing on a day-to-day -day basis and really help just the general population understand really that we're trying our best. We're, we're upgrading. We're advancing. We're doing the best that we can to, to stay on top of the game too. Yeah. Small farms aren't completely falling behind, or I guess family farms, small might not be the right word, but yeah. uh, working, working to keep the operation in place and do better. Yeah, and that's another, I think, big like, misconception that a lot of people have is this like, conception of factory farms. Like, those, I want to say 90% or more of farms in the United States are family owned. Um, and they're typically the smaller ones that keep things up and going. So that's, I think, really cool to see. And like I said, social media has been, while I want to say great, could also be a hindrance on that, of being able to share the good and the bad of farming. Yeah, and we see that all the time 
with social media, whether it's farming or something else and people selectively sharing on one side or the other. So it's a, it's a sword for just about any industry. Yeah, it's beneficial, but it definitely also has its pitfalls. So how do you feel you're currently supporting or could start supporting women interested in learning about technology based on your role and our interview? Yeah, so I have started to do um, interviews with um, women and men across the state of Kansas. It's kind of been halted as we entered harvest. Um, but I, I interview um, just people across the state in any aspect of agriculture. So I've talked to a farm wife. She is actually a clinical lab scientist. And so she was able to use her degree in biochemistry and kind of just tweak it a little bit so she can still work alongside her husband on the farm and still have her job in the hospital lab as well. And I thought that was awesome that she was able to kind of co-mingle those lives, like her life together so well and just find like a really good balance for her and her family. Um, I talked to uh, Kate State students on what their plans are and if they know anything about it. I like to share on social media if I know of any upcoming like workshops or anything like that. Um, I used to work as an extension agent for K-State Research and Extension and that was a big thing is just letting kids know of opportunities that they might not even know about because it's not really something that's been prevalent in them before. Um, and I would love to be, um, even starting out at middle school age, just being able to go to job fairs and seeing like different like technical opportunities that are available. Because I remember when I was younger, I had no idea what I wanted to do. And then I got to college and I saw that there were so many like so many things I didn't oh, yeah, understand, and I didn't know was even a thing until I was there and got to see like different majors and different colleges. I think if we started talking to kids a lot sooner, um, especially especially young girls, to let them know like STEM is fantastic. It is such a cool major like field to be in, and there's so many opportunities outside of, I know when um, when people think of like women in STEM, they think of like nursing. It's like there's so much more that could be available to these girls that I think they're just being limited to, well, here's what girls have done in the past. And I would love to see it. Now, here's what people have done in the past. It's not, um, yeah. technology, technology is not, it's not gender biased. Like, something anyone can do. I would love to see people start implementing this type of like learning opportunities at a younger age and get kids excited about it. Yeah, present opportunities for different paths because there are so many and people don't talk about them, which is upsetting. Absolutely. And I've seen 
like different job titles popped up on LinkedIn profiles, and I was like, I have no idea what that even is. I know what company you work for, but I don't know what you do. And so just, yeah, I think just making them more available and transparent a little, like a little bit. Yeah, I completely agree. So if people are interested in connecting with you, where could they find you? So I'm on uh, LinkedIn at Madison Mackley, uh, Instagram at Madison Mackley, and Twitter um, at Madison KFRR. Okay. I will share links for those in case anyone is interested in following along with uh, your day-to-day -day and your all the farming activities to learn more. Perfect. Thank you so much, Madison. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks so much for joining and listening to Madison share just one example of technology in the farming industry. Advancements in farming are one of those things that have been part of history essentially forever, and learning about what's most useful today was really enjoyable for me. I hope you will join me again in two weeks for the next episode. Until then, keep sparking tech.